0: The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. Christmas tree hunting is a beloved tradition, and that's the basis of the new book by Stephanie Lindaberry McKendry, titled A Tree for Me. Stephanie is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Stephanie, thank you for joining me tonight.
1: Thank you for having me, Corey.
0: Can you tell me what A Tree for Me is all about?
1: A tree for me is all about a family's journey through the tree farm every year and the tradition that they had and basically the questions they asked to find the right tree. And it seems sometimes to go on and on and they eventually would find the right tree. And then leading on to the tradition of keeping the tree bottom every year and making it a special memory and keepsake.
0: What gave you the idea to write it?
1: The idea came from actually going to the tree farm every year with my family. And one of the years as we walked through the farm, the book basically came into my head as I experienced literally going through the motions It was like, is this our tree? And the kids would get all excited and their father would say, nope, too fat. (laughs) And then they say, is this our tree? And they're like, nope, too tall. And as we went through this journey, the book just popped into my head and I came home that day and I wrote it down on a sheet of paper.
0: Is this the first book you've written or the first time you've been published?
1: Um. Yes, it is.
0: Congratulations. That's a huge milestone. A lot of people say they want to write a book, but not a whole lot of people actually follow through.
1: It sat in my drawer for five years, and I finally <laughs> took it out of the drawer and made it into something. <laughs> and the photos in the book, the uh, a lot of some of the illustrations, the illustrations in the book are a combination of cartooned, treated versions of actual photos of my family at the tree farm each year and our family members, as well as just actual illustrations.
0: Do you have any advice, any words of wisdom for aspiring authors?
1: The biggest advice I can say is it doesn't do any good sitting in a drawer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely.
1: Take your ideas out of the drawer and take a chance and put it out there. And that's basically what I decided to do, because this was just a really fun memory and tradition. And after I shared it with some friends, they said, this is terrific. And I decided, you know what? I'm not sharing this tradition by sitting in a drawer.
0: So I took it out. Well, Stephanie, we're in the middle of some very extraordinary circumstances here in the world. Has the COVID nineteen thing affected the way this book has been launched?
1: Actually, Corey, it has. When I when I started the launch, it was pre COVID, and basically was doing all of the development and the launch during COVID. So it definitely slowed down the process as everyone was transitioning to a work at home environment, and many of it, uh, people doing reduced hours, but also limited how much FaceTime publicity you can do. You know, book signings and getting out there just in the community. That's something that's sort of been limited at this point. And I'm hoping that opens up as we get into the holiday season. And uh, the different, you know, commercial bookmarks and things definitely were canceled this year. So, you know, it's a book that's never going to be outdated. So I'm hoping, you know, even though it was launched during the COVID times, it will continue to go on throughout the years.
0: The book is A Tree for Me by Stephanie Lindaberry McKendry published by Fulton Books. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere else you shop for books. Stephanie, thank you again for joining me here tonight. I had a great time talking with you.
1: Thank you, Corey. I appreciate it. It was wonderful.
0: A young boy's imagination catapults him into an adventure. In the new book, The Teacher Monster Club, the author, LaToya Wilson, is with me here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. LaToya, thank you for talking with me tonight.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be here.
0: Absolutely. I love the title of your book, The Teacher Monster Club. Can you tell me about it?
2: So The Teacher Monster Club is a uh, book about, well, it was inspired by my son when he was in second grade. And it's about a teacher, a mom and a son, who go to separate schools for the first time ever, the little boy, Mikey. He discovers that his new teacher. They're doing all of the same really cool things that his mom and the old teachers at his old school did. He decides in his brain, because he's a little guy, that they all must be monsters. So he takes you on this full adventure of how he felt about the first day of school, just to discover that he thinks his mom is also in the
0: Teacher Monster Club. I love the concept. <laughs> Would you say, then, this is a good book for the elementary school-age children?
2: Most definitely. The uh, targeted age is second and third grade, but it can be read to kindergartners and first graders, fourth graders and fifth graders could also enjoy this. It's made for about a second and third grade student.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: On children's books, the illustrations are often just as important as the actual words. How did that process go for you? So it was
2: pretty cool. Um, the illustrator, Amanda Davis, she's actually a teacher also. So I'm a teacher. I teach third grade and Amanda's also a teacher. She's an art teacher. I put together the illustrations as I was writing the book. So as I was writing the book, I was thinking about what I wanted the picture to look like. And then I gave her all my ideas, and she came up with these beautiful illustrations.
0: Is this the first book you've had published?
2: It is, yes. Yes, definitely. My first book, so excited about it.
0: That's a huge milestone. You're excited about it. What what feelings did you get holding your physical book in your hands for the first time?
2: Elation. <laughs> <laughs> I was relieved because it took me a while to get it done, and I finally had it in my hand. Um, I was so excited to share it with my students and my two children, um, especially my son who inspired the book. It, it was just unbelievable. That's <laughs> I think that's the best feeling. It was like, I can't believe I actually did it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there are a lot of non-writers out there that I don't think fully realize how much hard work goes into writing and publishing a book. And would you have advice for people who are looking to do the same thing?
2: Uh, My biggest thing I would tell people to do, and I've actually gotten this question from so many people since I started, um, since the book came out, is to go for it. Like, no matter how you feel, Like, don't be scared to try something new. Just go for it, put it down on paper. It's not gonna be perfect initially. It may take you a while. It took me three years to perfect this book or to get it where it was ready to be published. If you feel like you wanna write a book, go for it, try it. And don't hold yourself back because you just never know the
0: possibilities. Did you find it difficult to edit what you've written?
2: I did. We went through several phases of editing. I did my own, of course, initially, and then the publishing company did some editing to it, and I also had a a separate editor come in and just look at it, do a quick once-over, just to make sure we didn't miss anything. I'm a teacher first, so I can't put out work that doesn't have uh, high-quality editing.
0: The book is called The Teacher Monster Club by LaToya Wilson, published by Fulton Books. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere else you shop for your reading material. LaToya, thank you again for coming on the show with me tonight. I had a great time chatting. Oh,
2: thank you so much. Thank you for having me.
0: Pastor Ken Reed offers encouragement to those wanting to live in true freedom in his new book, The Axe, the Root, and the Withered Fruit. Pastor Ken is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Pastor Ken, thank you for joining me, sir.
4: Thank you for having me. So the axe,
0: the root, and the withered fruit, can you tell me what it's about?
4: Well, it's um based on a really simple principle. And the principle is this that if you're free from the root, you're free from the fruit. And it's based on this simple idea that Jesus is God's Lamb who takes away and fully removes All sin from the world. Once that process has occurred, then sin, as we know it, has been eliminated in Christ Jesus. Generally, in the New Testament, there are two words for sin. There's the verb, uh, there's the verb harmatano rather, and the noun harmatia. And my opinion is that most believers get a little confused with their focus because I believe scripturally, when the Bible says that he's He's removed sin from the world, the word sin there is the word harmachia, which is the noun form of the word, and that word has everything to do with its relationship to Adam and Satan's authority. So the principle is this, if Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus, you and I have been delivered from the root, the noun form of sin, then the verb form, which is behaviorable, we've also been set free from that. And my experience is that most believers are so focused on behavior that they're not really connecting to the true power of deliverance that occurred in Christ Jesus.
0: That's a great perspective. Is this the first time you've been published or the first book you've written?
4: It is. Yes, it is. Yes.
0: Congratulations on having it out there in stores. How does it feel to be a published author now?
4: Well, I'd say if I could put one word, if the word is relief.
0: It's such hard work. A lot of people don't realize the amount of hours and how much work goes into writing a book and then editing it. The whole editing process, getting it published, is a whole other animal in and of itself. What was that like for you?
4: Well, that was quite the experience. I've never, in my book, which is not a very large book, but there were over 2,000 lines of editing that was required in this one single book. And, and I can be very honest with you, I was becoming quite frustrated after the third or fourth time that they were still asking me to, to edit some things and you know, grammar and rephrasing things. And that was quite the experience. It was quite the challenge as well.
0: When the times got tough, when you were writing or editing, and you were questioning, is this really all worth it? How did you get through those times? How did you endure? How did you make it through when it got really tough?
4: Well, I think the thing that really kept me anchored was a a deep conviction that, not trying to sound spooky, but having a clear sense that the Lord had instructed me to do this, and that he had given me a message and an idea that needed to be communicated and personally when i when my personal frustration kicked in i drew strength from that that lord if you are the one that's instructed me to do this then somehow in the midst of all of my weaknesses and inadequacies you will be able to uh, produce what you want to be uh, to be done so that was a benefit to me
0: absolutely god's strength shines through in our weakness so that's yes, a great
4: attitude to have yeah
0: The book is The Axe, the Root, and the Withered Fruit by Pastor Ken Reed, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, at iTunes, and pretty much everywhere else you shop for books. Well, Pastor Ken, thanks again for joining me tonight. I had a great time finding out about you and the book.
4: Thank you very much. It was a pleasure.
0: I'm talking with author Jessica Scott here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Her new children's book is in stores now, and it's titled... Why Won't Anna Say Hi? Jessica, thank you for being here with me tonight.
5: Oh, thank you for having me.
0: So can you tell me about Why Won't Anna Say Hi?
5: Yeah, I am a principal at a a local elementary school, and I promote kindness for my students. And through kindness is awareness. And I just want to make kids aware of different things that happen in the classroom and how to accept students with their individualities. This is the first book of a series, and it talks about a little girl with autism and how her friends relate to her and how they accept her and how kids are more accepting sometimes than adults.
0: What a wonderful message. We certainly could use more kindness out there, and teaching that to children so young is is very important.
5: Thank you. Yeah, I think it's a, a, a great addition to any early childhood classroom, as well as young families with kids who actually have children with autism.
0: Was there anything in particular that inspired you or lit the spark for you to write this book?
5: Well, I've always wanted to be a children's author, but I wanted to go into more of a self-help, children's self-help type thing. Many books that I read are all about good subjects and um, how wonderful things are, but sometimes there are issues that kids aren't aware of. And if we're educators and we can teach them early how to accept these things, sometimes that it makes the transition for all students better as they go through their grade school years. So I just wanted to make sure at an early age, these kids are instilled with values and kindness.
0: So is this the first time you've been published then?
5: This is the first time besides my dissertation that I've been published.
0: Wow. What a huge milestone. How's it feel to be a published author now?
5: I'm very excited about the whole process. I never thought that I'd actually get it finished. But now that I've had it published and I've seen the actual book, I'm ready. We're starting to work on the second one. And it's just inspired me to move along a little bit faster. And I think it inspired some of my students at school, too, because they're starting to write little manuscripts themselves.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. One of the best things you can inspire kids to do is write.
5: I'm hoping it goes somewhere. And I hope the kids are excited about having a copy. A lot of the kids have already received a copy of the book. And I give them to kids who I see doing kindness. I pass them out to them so they have that. So they're all striving to be good around me so they can get their free copy of the book.
0: (laughs) The actual writing of the book itself is a lot of hard work. And I don't think a lot of people realize that until they try to sit down and write a book. Sometimes you get stuck. Sometimes the words just aren't coming out. Do you deal with that? And then how do you get out of that?
5: Yeah. And this book, it took me about a year to get it where I needed to be. And like one word can totally change the whole manuscript. I've thrown a lot of copies away. I've given up on it. I've shelved it for a while and then came back to it. I don't use a, you know specific examples from school, but interacting with kids for so long, you start to pick up on how they say things, their dialect. And I think I tried to incorporate a lot of that into the book so it's relatable to kids. But there definitely were times where I'm like, no, I don't like the way this ways going. How am I going to transition to this? How am I going to be sensitive talking about this subject without offending anybody? So um, there definitely are ups and downs when you're writing books, even though it's a small children's book and it doesn't seem like a lot. There's a lot of editing to something even that simple.
0: Well, Jessica, thank you for putting a lot of hard work into spreading some more kindness and encouraging that in children. Thank you. This book is called Why Won't Anna Say Hi? by Jessica Scott. It's published by Fulton Books and you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play and everywhere else you would shop for books. And Jessica, thanks again for being here with me tonight. I had a great time talking with you.
5: Oh, thank you. I enjoyed it too.
0: Author Amy Nordland is with me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable and her new book, Elijah's Outrage teaches children about managing their emotions. Amy, thank you for being here with me tonight. It's great to be talking with you.
6: You're welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: So this is a really, really important lesson to be teaching kids about their emotions, how to keep them in check, and that's the basis of Elijah's outrage. So can you talk about that?
6: Yes, so I was a teacher, and I have been in that, actually, education for 20 years, and I have noticed that, Children are lacking in the skill of being able to manage their emotions. And I've noticed that really schools don't really address it too much. And they're just starting to, more recently, they've been starting that. And so I thought it would be a great idea to have a kid's book to address the situation as a read-aloud to help the teacher in this adventure.
0: It is a great idea for a book. but how long were you working on it?
6: So last MEA... I had this idea and I just sat down and I had the idea for, it's actually an idea for a series. I would love to do a series about Muttley the dog helping the other kids in the family. I wrote the book all in one day primarily, and then it took me a few months to decide if I wanted to go through the publishing process, and I decided to do that.
0: Is this the first book you've had published? Yes. Wow, congratulations. It's a huge deal, a big milestone in your life. <laughs> how, how do you feel now that you're a published author?
6: Oh, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm honored that people want to take time to read it. Yeah, it's, very, it's an exciting process.
0: Absolutely. Are you continuing? You said you're writing a series of these. You're going to keep going on, pursuing publishing. Would you go outside, maybe, of the children's genre?
6: Well, right now, like I said, I have a series for, it would be called the Muttley Makes Sense series that helps children deal with their emotions. I love children's literature. It's my favorite subject. I have thought about in the near future, maybe writing a book for adults and my process that I've gone through learning how to deal with my emotions. You know, I'm about 40, 46 years old. And when I was little, I always learned, you know, you don't talk about your emotions. Emotions are bad. It's bad to be angry. It's bad to be sad. And then just recently, I've been going through some therapy, and I've been learning about DBT. It's a process of understanding your emotions and accepting them and working through them. And I figured this would be great for kids. And then someday, I'd I'd love to tell the story of my healing journey and, and learning about that.
0: Now, having gone through all these things, writing the book, editing the book, getting it put out there in stores, have you learned anything that you could pass along to people that want to go on the same journey?
6: Well, I, I do want to say this. For one semester, I taught a children's literature class at a college. And so I was learning that when you write a book that, you know, you want to use rich vocabulary words and really tell the story with your writing. One thing that I would like to do in the future, or one thing that I wish I would have learned is that like I could have had the longer version, the more literature and vocabulary rich story, but then maybe having a shorter version of the story as well. Children that have social emotional needs or they have some learning to do, Sometimes they don't always have the attention span. <laughs> that would be my only encouragement and advice is that, yes, it's great to, to do vocabulary-rich text, but also keeping in mind the audience and maybe needing to have a shorter version.
0: The title of this book is Elijah's Outrage by Amy Nordland, published by Fulton Books. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere else you shop for your books. Well, Amy, thank you again for being here with me tonight. I had a great time chatting with you.
6: Yeah, thank you for the honor. Have a great day.
0: I'm talking with author G-Money at the Reader House Author Roundtable right now, and his new book, The Downfall of a Hustler, is in stores now. G-Money, thank you for joining me tonight.
3: Best of uh, luck. How you
0: doing? Doing great, thanks. So can you tell me all about The Downfall of a Hustler? Yes,
3: yeah. The Downfall of a Hustler is a raw, uncut, urban street novel. I actually came up with the idea when I was going through like some personal things in my lifetime. Some of the events in the book were inspired by true events. Even though it was an urban fiction novel, I just try to keep it more as street as I can for preparing myself for the follow-up or the downfall of A Hustle Two, which would be out sometime maybe next year, 2021 in June sometime.
0: Well, that's fantastic. Is this the first time you've
3: been published? Yeah, uh, actually, yeah, it's my first time I've been published. But I, uh, also, I have five other books that are already done. And I'm hoping, I'm looking forward to uh, publishing my second book in like March of uh, 2021, called Betrayal.
0: And about how long did it take you to write this one and get it published?
3: It took me about seven months to write the book because I kept adding things into the book, thinking things out, rewriting it reading the making sure it was right? So it took me roughly around seven months before I actually presented it to the uh, publishing company. You know, the rest of history, five months later, it's out everywhere. Amazon, FITunes, Google Play, Barnes & Noble. And it, it, it's, it's doing pretty well.
0: Well, that's great to hear. Now, after all that time, after all that hard work, because writing a book is a lot of hard work, how does it feel now to finally see your book out there in stores?
3: Oh, man, it, it feels great. It's feel like a dream come true. I never imagined myself that I'd become a published author and have my book in stores all across the world. You know, uh, I, 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 never, I never imagined that. So for me, that's, that's like a major accomplishment for me.
0: What would you tell to people who say that they have a story to tell, but they don't think that they're the writing type, that they're not an author? What would you say to those people?
3: I tell them, if you've got a dream, follow it. If anything, anything is possible. I come from a rough background. If I could do it, you could do it. So I tell anybody that hasn't been published yet that, that's writing, like, to keep going, keep pushing, and it, 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 it'll happen for you. You just got to stay focused and dedicated, So it do take time. Well,
0: that's great advice. Would you say that there's a person in your life who's most influenced you or inspired you in your writing journey so far?
3: Actually, yes. Yeah. A person that's trying that, that to influence me, that got me as the writing book, what happened to be between the street literature, this author, Waheeda Clark. I read a lot of her books. It was, I was pretty interested in the things that she talked about in her uh, urban fiction novels. So she was kind of like the one that I kind of looked up to that kind of inspired me to do what I love to do now.
0: So do you read this kind of fiction, these kind of things, or what kinds of stuff do you like to read?
3: I read urban fiction novels. I read a few uh, romance novels, too. I'm a huge fan of those as well. I'm more of an urban fiction novel person or a reader.
0: Now, when you're writing, you know, a lot of people go through writer's block. Do you deal with that?
3: Actually, I don't. My first time writing a book, I did it on my own. No help, no advice from nobody. I just started writing. I actually taught myself how to write, using a proper grammar, the right meaning for the word. You know, I had a psychopedia with me, the dictionary, my smartphone. So I made sure I always had the correct spelling and the right meaning behind every word. So I actually taught
0: myself how to write. Wow. Well, it sounds like you've put a lot of hard work, and you're resourceful, and you're just really driven and motivated to write and to get your stories out there to readers, and I really appreciate this. The name of the book is The Downfall of a Hustler by G-Money, published by Fulton Books. You can find it, like G-Money said, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere else you shop for your books. A G Money. Thanks for your time. Thanks for stopping by the show. I had a great time talking with you.
3: Okay, thank you, man. It was nice, it was nice to be
0: back. Author Donna Pithers is joining me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable, and we're talking about her new children's book, Kitty Squeak's Ordeal. Donna, thank you for being here with me tonight.
7: It's my pleasure. Thank you.
0: So can you tell me all about Kitty Squeak's Ordeal?
7: Well Kitty Squeak's Ordeal actually it's about a kitty that I used to have named Squeak and she was a little wild kitty and she liked to go outside every time the front door cracked open she was gone. She was a tiny little kitty she was a runt but she had a big attitude and I think she got into a squabble with some animal and got hurt. I Took her to the all-night vet, and they told me that she was really badly hurt. They didn't think she was going to survive, and I brought her home, and I was devastated. I watched her for a while, and I realized that she was not going to die from her injury. She was going to die from her attitude. So I talked to the vet and asked him if I could maybe adopt a kitten to sort of get her so ticked off she wouldn't, should forget all about dying and be restored to her old self. And he said, yeah, that'll work. He said, but get a kitten because she's going to have to deal with Squeak and all of her quirkiness. So I found the kitten and I brought it home and she sort of nursed Squeak back to hell. And I thought it would make a great story, but I kept trying to write it and I could not make it work. And then one day I thought, you know, it's Squeak's story. I should let Squeak tell it from Squeak's point of view and turn it into a children's story. And it just clicked. I wrote it like in, I wrote the draft for it in like half an hour. And that's pretty much how it got started. And it's something that people don't give animals a lot of credit for. I I know I I didn't, but, you know, animals are a lot smarter than people give them credit for. And when I brought Scooter home, you know, she knew Squeak wasn't 100% well. And she knew when to leave her alone and when to bug her. You know, when, when to really do something irritating that would tick her off. And uh, it, it, it was fun to watch. And I'm glad that I was able to tell the story, no matter how what format it turned out in, because it has a great message to it.
0: Is this your first time writing a book or being published?
7: This is my first time being published, but I've written stories for the family many times during the year. In fact, I've got a couple of other things that I'm working on that I'd like to eventually submit for publication.
0: About how long did it take you to write and then get published Kitty Squeak's Ordeal?
7: Well, The whole thing took about two years, but a lot of that was COVID-related. There was so much upheaval during the COVID last six months that I had difficulty getting it finished and processed. But writing the story took no time at all. But the publishing of it was sort of a stop and start for a while.
0: Do you have advice for aspiring authors that want to publish their first book?
7: I'd just say do it. I I wasn't sure that Kitty Squeak's Ordeal was even going to be accepted for publication. But I thought, you know, if I submit it, they can give me advice on what to improve on.
0: I can really tell you have a lot of passion for this and you love doing it and you love spreading this message. And this is Kitty Squeak's Ordeal by Donna Pithers, published by Fulton Books. You can find it on Amazon, on Barnes & Noble, on iTunes and Google Play and everywhere else you shop for your books. Well, Donna, thanks again for coming here with me tonight. It was great talking with you.
7: Thank you. It was good talking to you, too.
0: It's often tough for kids to begin to understand and deal with a loved one's declining health. Author Seneca Monique offers help in her new book, Gammy, a story about Alzheimer's disease. I'm talking with Seneca right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Seneca, thank you for being here with me tonight.
2: Oh, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here.
0: So, Alzheimer's disease is a very important thing to discuss, especially with children. So, can you tell me about this book?
2: Yeah, so this book is just a way to explain to children what Alzheimer's disease is about, what dementia is about. Oftentimes, We have some pretty serious or dark situations, and it's hard to explain it to children. So this just allows a way to um, explain what's happening to grandma or grandpa in a way that a child can understand it.
0: And you mentioned a word in this book's description, and that word is love. Can you talk about that?
3: Mm -hmm.
2: So in this particular book, a little girl, her name is Carrie, and her and her grandmother are best friends. And one of the things that they enjoy doing as part of their relationship is they enjoy like reading the dictionary and learning new words and reading. Carrie is discovering what Alzheimer's is and learning this brand new word and what it means for her and her grandmother's relationship. And for her, it's like, you know what? Throughout this process, she becomes to understand that it doesn't matter what happens with her grandmother. The one thing that that she still knows is that she loves her grandmother, and she's going to meet her where she's at, and they're still going to have a relationship. So it's just a, a, a process of learning how to meet your grandparents where they're at in the stage of the disease.
0: Oh, what a great message. Is this the first time you've been published?
2: This is the first time. And you know what? It took me a long time to actually write this book and get it published. I, it had been on my mind for, oh, man, a few years before I actually wrote it. And then finally, I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and do it and see what happens with it. And I just, I did it and I put it out there and I'm really enjoying what the feedback is, is actually the city that I live in, which is Columbus, Ohio. their the public school system just purchased the books for all of their elementary schools. So I'm really excited about what it's.
0: That's great. Yeah. So how did it feel for that first time? Whenever your book was finally published, it was off the presses, you got the box in the mail and opened it up, picked up that first book and held it in your hands. What were you feeling?
2: Well, I did it on, I I think I did it on Facebook Live. It was unreal. It was a very surreal thing. It was like, oh, here it goes, here it goes. And I'm opening the book or the box. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, because you see it online. But then when you get it and you feel it between your fingertips and it's even more colorful and real and beautiful, it's just, it is a very emotional moment when you see something that you dreamed about come to life. It's exciting.
0: (laughs) It's the product of a lot of hard work, too.
2: Yes, it's so exciting, too.
0: Do you have any advice for aspiring authors that are looking into writing a book and going through the publishing thing?
2: Absolutely. Listen, because I am the one that did procrastinate, right? So my advice to you is just start somewhere, anywhere, even if it's the middle or the end, just start somewhere and keep going. Like, honestly, life is just too short to not fulfill the dream. So just pick up the pen or open up the laptop and just start.
0: The book is called Gammy, A Story About Alzheimer's Disease by Seneca Monique published by Fulton Books. You can get it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much everywhere else you buy your books. Well, Seneca, I had a great time chatting tonight. Thank you again for being here with me.
2: Thank you so much. This was awesome. Thank you, Corey.
0: Author Bob Hereford is here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable, and he's got a new book out titled Surprised by Jack, an introduction to the life and works of C.S. Lewis. Well, Bob, thank you for being here tonight with me at the Reader House Author Roundtable.
8: Well, thanks for having me.
0: This is a book about C.S. Lewis. Would you call this a biography?
8: Yes, it is a brief biography, and it also includes comments and background on uh, four apologetic works he did, *A Defense of Christianity, The Screwtape Letters, Mere Christianity, The Weight of Glory, and uh, The Abolition of Man.
0: C.S. Lewis is such a hugely respected thinker, writer, and he's had such influence here over the decades. What is it about Lewis that attracted you to write this?
8: Well, I'll tell you a story about uh, how I found Lewis. I was on vacation and went into a bookstore, and the only religious book in that store was Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Now, I'd heard of Lewis, but I didn't, had never read anything. This was about 30 years ago. And I read it that week on vacation and it impressed me. So the quality of his writing, the logic, the conciseness since then, I've, it's sort of been the avocation of studying Lewis and reading what he has written.
0: About how long did it take you to put this all together and get it out on shelves?
8: Probably. Well, this is my first time at writing, so I'm sure I made a lot of mistakes that made it longer. But the process started probably two years ago. Full. It was off and on. It wasn't full two years. I would get back to it and redo. But the whole process took about two years. That's a lot of hard work. Well, it is, but a lot of it's got to do with my never having done it before.
0: <laughs> well, how do you feel now that your book is finally out there and you know it's in stores and people are reading it?
8: Yeah. Well, it's 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 neat. Uh, it's fun, and I hope that uh, the reason I wrote the book was try to pique people's interest into reading more of Lewis. I hope that will come of it.
0: Is there more writing in your future? Are you thinking about pursuing more publishing?
8: You know, I, I, I'll, uh, I'll see. <laughs> <laughs> There's more books that could be written about Lewis and different his fictional stuff. And, of course, the Chronicles of Narnia, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, all of that. There's a great deal of Christian symbolism in those books. And all of them could be the source of another book.
0: Oh, absolutely. He he was so prolific in what he did. You could spend a lifetime studying yeah. him and, and his yes. work. Yes. Having gone through this process for the first time, writing a book the first time, then having it published, do you have any words of wisdom that you could offer to other authors who are looking to do that?
8: Well, I toyed with the idea of trying to do it myself. I'm glad that I talked to uh, Christian faith publishers. They've been a big help in uh, doing it. I think unless you know exactly what you want to do and how to do it, having a publisher like them is a great, a great help. It certainly helped me.
0: It's definitely really wise to do your homework and work with a company that has a good reputation and uh, offers help to new authors that uh, is needed there. Well, Bob, we were talking before the show, and I understand that You've been working on this characterization of C.S. Lewis for decades now. So I'm going to let you go ahead and do that for our listeners.
8: I'm trying here to prevent anyone from saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him. Uh, They say, I'm willing to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on a level with the man who says he's a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. Oh, you must make your choice. Either this man was and is the very son of God, or else a madman or something worse. Oh, you can shut him up for a fool. You could spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But uh, let us not calm with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great moral teacher. He did not leave that open to us. He did not intend to.
0: Well, Bob, thank you for exposing a wider audience to the work of C.S. Lewis. The book is called Surprised by Jack, an introduction to the life and works of C.S. Lewis by Bob Hereford published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and every other place you would shop for books. Well, Bob, thank you for coming on the show tonight. I had a great time talking with you.
8: Great. Thank you for your time as well.
0: Sam is Dead is the new book by Hannah Kirkell in stores now and published by Fulton Books. I'm talking with Hannah right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Hannah, Thank you for talking with me tonight. Absolutely. So, can you tell me all about Sam is Dead?
9: Sure, simply put, it's, it's really just a story about a child who loses a mentor and how that child reacts to his death and reflects on the relationship that they had.
0: And what gave you the idea or the inspiration to write it?
9: There was a combination of things. Uh, I was fighting with a couple friends and my grandmother was actually dying at the time and I just didn't really have anybody to tell it to. So I just started writing and it just, it just came into being.
0: Is this the first time you've written a book?
9: It is not. It's the first time I have published a book through a legitimate publishing company, but I have three other books that were self-published through like uh, Amazon Prime. Two of them were poetry, and one was a short stories compilation.
0: So what was the experience like now after having self-published a few times, now going with a full-fledged publisher?
9: It was easier in a way because I knew kind of what I was getting into. But obviously, there was, there was a lot different because I was working with a publisher. There was an editing team. There was a cover design team. None of that is available to a self-publishing author. So it's, it's very different.
0: Now, when you write fiction, something like this, do you start knowing how everything is going to happen, how it's going to end and the events in between? Or do you more explore as you write?
9: Well, I start out with an idea, and that idea is almost never even remotely similar to what it was when I started out. Not to give too much away, but I changed the ending about four times when writing the last chapter.
0: Would you say there's a person in your life that's most inspired you along your whole writing journey?
9: Sure. I've had a lot of people who inspired me. My grandmother, my 10th grade English teacher, my mom, she's been been pretty great through the process, and my best friends.
0: Now, I hear that from a lot of authors. They've been influenced by their teachers, English teachers, writing teachers when they're in school. And I, I just think that speaks so much toward starting young. You know, get kids oh, writing it does. young.
9: It does. It 100% does. I was very fortunate to have a lot of really great English teachers and just teachers in general that have really just inspired me and really cheered me on. It's the support that keeps you going. It's not the writing itself because... Even if you enjoy writing, it's not always going to do it for you. It's the support from the people that you didn't necessarily think you'd get it from that really just keeps you going, or me at least.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Do you have advice now for aspiring authors that want to go through the same process?
9: Honestly, it's cliche, but that's because it's true. You just have to start writing. If you don't start, you're going to find a million reasons why you shouldn't write. Once those reasons start to happen, then you're just never going to get into it. So it's, it's easier to just grab the bull by the horns and go for it.
0: Do you have more books planned for the future? Maybe a sequel to this or something else?
9: Oh, uh, this book is probably not getting a sequel. (laughs) But I do have a book in the works. Uh, I'm trying to give it a little bit more structure, though, because I feel like the structure is something that was lacking from the first book. And that's what made the experience longer than it probably needed to be.
0: I encourage our listeners to check this out. The book is Sam is Dead by Hannah Kirkell. Published by Fulton Books, you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere else you shop for books. Hannah, thank you again for stopping by the show tonight. Had a great time chatting with you.
9: I had a great time talking to you, too. Thanks for having me.
0: Not All Frogs Are Green, Adventures of Neo is the new children's book co-authored by Mia Dawson and Brenda Major. It's out now through Christian Faith Publishing. I'm really happy to be talking with Mia right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Mia, thanks for joining me here tonight.
10: Thank you. I'm glad to be here.
0: Not All Frogs Are Green. I love the title. Can you tell me about the book? Yes.
10: Not All Frogs Are Green is a book actually kind of based on my son who has, is, is on the autism spectrum. My co-author and I, Brenda, wanted to do a book that was kind of fun, light, adventurous, and not about all the therapy stuff that I had to go through with him being on the spectrum. We wanted to do something that, and he loves reading, uh, Neil loves reading, and he has a crazy imagination. So we wanted to do a kind of fun lighting book to kind of just lighten up our lives (laughs) with dealing
0: with autism. So when it came to co-authoring and working with another person, writing it with you, how was that process? How did you work together on it?
10: Well, what we did was Brenda actually tutored Neo and did a lot of work. I homeschooled Neo and she does a lot of tutoring with Neo. And so I came to her and said, hey, I have this idea about the book and her imagination just went nuts with it. So I kind of had like the setup and how I kind of wanted to go. And then she started coming with all these stories and she was able to write and put the stories together and put my part in and her part in. I mean, she probably did like our first couple stories. We actually have seven books wrote and this is our second book out of the series in just a couple weeks, because once wow. she started being around Neo and kind of knowing how his imagination runs, she was able to run with the story. <laughs> so it didn't take long at all for her to come up with, you know, how to put the stories in place and everything. So it was, it was pretty exciting.
0: Yeah. When you get around creative, imaginative people like yes, that, it's so contagious.
10: Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> I was admiring the illustrations in this book. The artwork is is wonderful. Oh Can you tell gosh. me about it?
10: Isn't it amazing? Yes. Chloe is our illustrator and she happened. My sister actually was teaching in Champaign, Illinois, and she met, it was through my sister that I met Chloe. She was actually one of the students and Chloe had actually worked with kids with autism. So she kind of know how their mind works and how everything rolls. And so she is our illustrator. So she is awesome, does everything by hand and can just kind of. We can tell her crazy stuff and she can put it together. And we really love Chloe. I just can just look at the pictures all day. And Neo loves the pictures when he looks at it. He's like, that's me and the frog and just how bright it is. And but Chloe's a young girl out of uh, Champaign, Illinois. She was a student at the time. She already has graduated. And that's where we got our illustrator from.
0: Whenever your book is finally published and you get the first copies, you take it out of the box, you hold it in your hand and you look at it. It's a tangible thing. You created this and now it's out there for the world. What kind of feelings do you experience? Oh, my gosh.
10: Brenda and I talk about this all the time. You're (laughs) just like, you can't believe it. You're kind of like all that work going back and forth and having to do all the editing. And then, no, we don't like that. No, we got to switch it. But then to hold it in your hand, it is just shocking. you feel jubilation, a sense of accomplishment. Um, you can't even explain it. And just seeing your name on a book and, and other people seeing it. I mean, Neil just, my name is on the book. You know, he, you know, it's just, I can't believe he wants to show everybody. My name, this is me. And so just that feeling. You can't explain it once you hold that book in your
0: hand. It's, it's I encourage our listeners to check it out. It's called Not All Frogs Are Green, Adventures of Neo, co-authored by Mia Dawson and Brenda Major. Published by Christian Faith Publishing, you'll find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and everywhere else you shop for books. Well, Mia, thank you again for joining me here tonight. I had a great time talking with you.
10: No problem. And get the book. You guys will love it.
0: Author D.A. Beatty invites readers to stop for a moment and just listen. In her new book, I Hear the Wind Blow and Wonder, Delia is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Delia, thank you for being here tonight.
11: Oh, uh, Thank you for having me. Can
0: you tell me what I Hear the Wind Blow and Wonder is all about?
11: Why I wrote it was I literally was one night listening to the wind. I was laying in bed, and it was just blowing so hard, and, and it was just making so many different noises, and I just started to think, what does that sound like to a little child and kind of relating those noise, those sounds to things, you know, to to other things that make similar noises and stuff or sounds. And it's kind of, you know, just the wonder of the wind and, and even though we can't see it, it's so powerful and sometimes so gentle and something that God has created, you know, even though we can't see it, it's there and it's real.
0: I think it's great you're inspiring curiosity in children and just saying, Hey, just slow down. Just listen. And really listen and then let your imagination take over. It it seems like we're losing a lot of that nowadays.
11: I think there is so much wonder in just God's creation and just all the things that we take for granted every day. And there's just so much beauty and so much wonder in, in what he's given us here.
0: Is this the first time you've been published or the first time you've written?
11: First time I've been published.
0: Oh, congratulations. How's it feel to be a published author now?
11: Thank you so much. And actually, it feels really wonderful. Like, it, I'm still kind of in awe of this whole process. It's my first time, so it's 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 been really a great experience.
0: Were you apprehensive about putting this out there and, and basically exposing yourself for the world?
11: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I applaud you for the courage, because it takes a lot of courage to do this. It also takes a lot of hard work, which a lot of people, I don't think, realize until you actually try to sit down and write a book and then get it published. How was the whole process for you?
11: Wow, that's so true. I actually when I first began, I started to go through like the traditional publishing process. I'm so thankful for this particular venue that, you know, allows people that might may not have been published normally or, you know, because it takes a lot for them and it just takes a lot for a book to be picked up. This process has been really, I've been learning along the way. And it's, it definitely has been challenging, And but it's been such an amazing experience.
0: Do you have any words of wisdom for people that want to take that step too?
11: Yes, I do. Don't give up. My process always starts with a lot of prayer, you know, and just trusting God through that process. And even when I'm nervous and I'm apprehensive about doing this, those gentle reminders he, he gives that, you know, he, he works through everything that we do. And so, yeah, don't give up and keep at it.
0: Would you say there's a person in your life that's most inspired you during your whole writing journey?
11: Yes. Yes. My children inspire me and my grand well, at the time I started writing I didn't have any grandchildren, but I always been my grandchildren. So my children and now I do have two grandchildren. They they really inspire me when um uh, in my writing.
0: Well, Delia, thank you for like I said, inspiring curiosity in children and encouraging them to slow down and appreciate the beauty that God's created around us because Again, there's so much to appreciate that we're missing because we're so busy. The name of this book is I Hear the Wind Blow and Wonder by D.A. Beatty, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and everywhere else you shop for books. Adelia, again, thank you for coming on the show with me tonight. I had a fantastic time talking with you.
11: Thank you so much, Corey. I did too as well. Thank you.
0: We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online
4: Bookstore where independent new authors come first.